This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we give you worship. You are God. You are our God. And what a privilege it is to be called children of God. Lord, thank you for the love that you lavish on us. Why don't you just take 60 seconds just to think of five things you can be thankful for right now. Just just give him thanks for five things that you could think of to be thankful for. Would you do that? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Did you think of five things? The moment you begin, the moment you begin to give thanks is the moment you begin to open up your heart into a deeper level of worship with God. The scripture says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. It's a beautiful scripture um, from Psalm 100. Uh, we'll get to that later. But as we enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts, what happens is we begin to remember how good he is and how wonderful he is. And it, it helps us to worship him on a deeper, heartfelt connection. Hallelujah. And it's such a powerful thing to do. Today, though, I want to share with you a scripture that the Lord really put on my heart last Thursday for us as a church. And um, so it's been on my heart that I, I want to share this with you. I want to speak about the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you've got your Bibles, could you turn there? The Word of God is so pregnant. It is so rich and it's so multi-layered. I'd really encourage you that when something sparks your interest, like when the Holy Spirit gives you a scripture or, or brings it to mind, take time to not just read it and go, oh, that's great, the Lord spoke to me, but revisit it and let it go deeper and look at it a bit longer and, and look at it again. Look at it for a few days if need be and just find out the depths of what God is wanting to say to you. Every time he gives you a gift, God wants us to understand that it is precious for us. And so when he speaks a prophetic word or a scripture to you, take time to, to look again and look a little longer, look a little deeper, look in some different translations and let, it, uh, let the, the treasure, the beauty of what he wants to give to you uh, begin to be seen. It's, it's un... Uh, you know, unplumbable, <laughs> in that you can't get to the bottom of it. But there is always more. And if you take time to look and appreciate what he's giving, you will really be blessed. Second Corinthians 5.17. I'm reading from the New King James. <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is anyone in Christ? Oh, me too. Yay. I'm joined to him. I'm part of his body. Hallelujah, I am in him. The righteous run into him and they're saved. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into him and are saved. It's a glorious picture. We are in Christ. We don't have to struggle or strive to get in there. We're already in him. Hallelujah, in him we live and move and have our being. So who's in Christ? 
Oh, wonderful. Well, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Done deal. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a new person. You are not who you used to be. Hallelujah. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Uh, This is interesting to me. Those that want to preach universal reconciliation, I, I want to tell you, he wouldn't tell us to go and plead with God to be reconciled to people, to be reconciled to God if they were already reconciled. So we have a job to do. Hallelujah. Mm. (laughs) For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. You know, God is love. He is so good. He is so good that he gave us the freedom to choose life and he shows us the way. He says, this is the way. And he wants the world to hear and to know and to respond to his invitation. And this is our precious privilege, hallelujah, to share the word of God, to begin to preach and to tell people how will they know if they haven't heard and how will they hear if no one tells them. So we, we have this precious ministry of reconciliation. Uh, But first, in order to understand this ministry that we have, and every one of us is called to the ministry of reconciliation. If you're waiting for a prophetic word to your ministry, for your ministry, I just gave it to you. (laughs) You are called to be a minister of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Oh, it's wonderful news. Blessed are the peacemakers. So you're blessed. Hallelujah. But you're in a ministry, you're automatically blessed. So there's a blessing just waiting for you every time you're operating in that ministry. It's just glorious. But in order to really be be able to understand and function in this ministry, we've got to know what reconciliation means, what it means to be reconciled to God. I'm so blessed when I hear um, Bunambir and Vanessa up in Arnhem Land, who are now part of our Glory City Network, um, planting hundreds of churches all through Arnhem Land and they talk about reconciliation and they get quite passionate. They say reconciliation is not about color, it's about souls. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, um, and they're so precious. It's so exciting what the Lord's doing. But reconcile, when you look at it in, in the dictionary, means to harmonize with, to bring back together again, to cause to sit happily or easily with. You know, if you're doing accounting and you're reconciling accounts, it's you're balancing the books, you're making what's happened match up with the records. It's, it's an, a balancing, it's a, a reconciling, it's a making sit right and easily. Hallelujah. It, it's coming into sync with. And this ministry of reconciliation is, and, and the, the, the precious gift that we have in being reconciled with God is something that we need to understand. We need to know what it means to be reconciled. And this is Marriage Sunday, hallelujah. And I, 
understand, you know, whether you're married or not, he's the father of the fatherless. If your mother and father have forsaken you, he will take care of you, he says, Psalms 27. It's so precious. He's the husband to the widow. and the wid- uh, the, he, he, He's the one that takes care of us, the one who puts orphans in families. So we never need to feel alone. Hallelujah. He provides and is everything we need him to be to us. Hallelujah. And so if you feel like, well, you're preaching on marriage Sunday and I'm not married... Open your heart because I know the Holy Spirit has things that he wants to share with you today. Hallelujah. So for Tom and I, reconciliation, to to walk in reconciliation is to walk in peace. And it's something that we continually have to be exercising and enjoying. So at the end of the night when we go to sleep, it's really nice to have that little bit of time just to reconcile our days whereas I catch each other up a little bit on what's happened uh, about the things that might be on our minds and and just to talk to each other hold hold his hand and talk to him it's nice he's very patient man my husband hallelujah and but there's there's a peace that comes when you come back into sync in that you you, you've got all things going on in your own lives and then you, you come into sync as you as you talk to each other as you communicate And there's something precious with that. And it's the same thing uh, that we do with God. I believe he wants us to be continually, even though he's seeing everything, he wants us to be continually talking with him until we come to that place of peace. Hallelujah. If we've argued, if Tom and I have argued, we've had a policy ever since we got married. Been married now 26 years. Hallelujah. And um, we do not go to sleep and have not gone to sleep without sorting an argument out we believe that you do not let the sun go down in your anger normally that the anger happens after the sun's gone down so that does not mean you've got 24 hours for us for us it means don't dare go to sleep till we get this sorted because the reality is he could probably go to sleep but i definitely couldn't But we've had this policy, and in our early days, I mean, I was married at 20, um, so I had quite a lot of growing up to do. And in our early days, as we were both learning about the love of God, there would be nights where we'd be talking till 3 a.m. <laughs> Have you got to sleep yet? Don't go to sleep. <laughs> Until we sorted it out. But I'm grateful for it. I mean, it's so rare that that has to happen these days because we've grown and we've learned. Hallelujah. But, but it is something that we, we have in place. It doesn't matter. What, what's more important than anything else is that we are reconciled, that we're at peace together. Hallelujah. Because we're one. And, and we, need to, we need to do that. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In other words, your conscience should be troubled until you actually sort it out with your spouse or with your friend. Or if, if you've got something that's an issue... It's, it's difficult just to, to go on and to, to worship and, and, and have that out of peace. 
Scripture says in Romans 12:18, if it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So if I've upset somebody or somebody's upset with me, as far as possible, I try to get it sorted as quickly as I can. Get on the phone if I, if I can't get face to face with them. I try to get it sorted because I don't do well being out of peace with people. Now, there are situations where I desperately want to be reconciled with people and they do not want to be reconciled with me. And I have tried and tried and tried. And I have to then at, at that point go, well, I've done everything that I can do as far as possible as depends on me. I've done my best. And so I release them and I forgive them. And I'm okay if they're not okay with me because I've done the best that I know how to do. Uh, But in most cases, you can go and humble yourself and come into peace with each other. I think it's important. If you've got an issue with someone in in church, it's good to go and apologize before you go and have communion together. You know, better, more important than than what we're doing is our relationships in our hearts, our family. Hallelujah. We are the body of Christ. If one hurts, we all hurt. And we should be aware of that and not just pretend that we get go along. Uh, we need to care. Hallelujah. And make sure. I mean, Pastor Joel and I, we've had the most wonderful working relationship. But we have had times where we have had to put every other meeting, pressing meeting on hold, and we have, we have just talked until it's sorted. Because I can't stand a day being out of sync with him. And it's beautiful. And I really appreciate the value that, that they have on our relationship, that they also committed to doing that. This way I work with my core team. If we've got a problem, it's like we stop, everything stops until we don't have a problem. <laughs> because we want to be in unity. Unity is more important than what we're doing. Hallelujah. And so before we go to sleep, we, we make sure we're reconciled. But we also, you know, most of the time what it looks like is we're just like talking about whatever's happening on our minds. It's not a big half hour, you know, hour conversation. It's not regimented thing. It's just I generally don't go to sleep until we've done this. So um, Tom is very kind. I know a lot of people work in different shift work and everything. So I don't want to try and put our routine on you. But the, the idea of living and, and walking together in sync is a really important thing. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. It says here, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes, cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's good, wonderful advice. But it's really interesting when you read it. Husbands, love your wives as you love your own life. You've heard me say before, Jesus told us to love one another as we love ourselves. And to the level that you come into agreement with how God loves you and love yourself like he loves you is the level 
and the cap that you put on your relationships. In other words, if you are judgmental and critical of yourself, you will be judgmental and critical of other people. As we were growing up together, hallelujah, over our 26 years, Tom had been raised in a, in a home where he had a very a strong disciplinarian father. And so when we got married, if I came to him with saying, I'm having this problem with this person, his response would always be, well, I could see him thinking in his head, I can't fix the other person, but I can fix you. And so he'd be like, all right, well, your attitude's stinky there. And, da, 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 and I'm, I'm like, hello. But it made me not really want to go and talk to him about all my problems. And it was a similar thing with the kids when they were little, you know, it's like, okay, well, what's your attitude? Like, and it was, I was talking to him about this today. He gave me his permission to share it. And he, he said, you know, it, it comes from how you feel about yourself and how you, what your own inner self talk is like. If you're always judgmental and critical of yourself, then you're going to be like that with your wife, with your children. If you, and it's, it works the same way with the ladies. Hallelujah. To the level that you love yourself is the level that you're going to be able to love other people. Hallelujah. So husbands, love your wives as your own life, which means you need to give yourself to letting God love you. You need to give yourself to letting the love of God so impact your heart that it changes. Now, I am married now to one of the kindest, loveliest, most generous people on the planet because as he has received the revelation of love, as he's become more and more in love with Jesus and more and more allowing the Lord to love him, it, it becomes delightful. We all just want to be around him. I want to talk to him about my, my stuff because he no longer comes in trying to pick out what's wrong with me because he knows already that I know but he comes and he'll listen and he'll, he'll listen carefully and he'll, he'll love me. He'll empathize. He'll, he'll help me understand that he, he's on my side. Hallelujah. I love the way that James and Rochelle talk about it. It's like a tennis match. If, you know, if you're both, if one's on one side and one's on the other, you hit the ball back and forth. But really, if there's an argument, what you should do is drop the bat and run around the other side of the fence. And that's, that's, what, that's what Tom does. He's so good. I, I was really tired a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was the night before all the recordings that we had to do. And he generously went and offered to drive someone home, got home at like 2 a.m. And me, I, I don't go to sleep till he comes home. And so I'm like, oh, it's very late. I ought to do it. He's a very wise man. Instead of going, and reacting, hitting the ball back, he said, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Here, let me pray for you that you're going to go to sleep and have a good sleep. And... Okay. <laughs> and then the next morning, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. I was cranky with you. He's smart. He's so smart. Be smart. <laughs> because if he'd come in and said what he was very justified to say, well, 
It would not have gone well. <laughs> We've got to be really careful to how we speak to each other and how we how we treat each other. Hallelujah. You know, if you're feeling bad about yourself, then correcting other people might temporarily make you feel a, a tiny bit better. But God wants us to live in a place where we are reconciled with God first, where we're living in a place of, oh, I'm at peace with God, my conscience is clear, I am loved, I'm reminded of my, dest- of my destiny and my identity, I am loved. Out of that place is the only place that we can really love one another. You can't help somebody with a speck in their eye when you've got a log in your own. And God wants us not to be looking to try and correct other people. He's looking for us to let God Uh, restore our souls and cause us to be continually living in a place where we are reconciling the books, so to speak. Hallelujah. Then it says, wives, respect your husbands. In uh, the Strongs, when I began to look that up, what does it mean to respect your husband? It's pretty interesting. Basically, it's saying, be in awe of your husband. It's a bit intense. Wives be in awe, trembling awe of your husband. I'm like, what? Is there another concordance? (laughs) Be in trembling awe of your husband. Like, what? Wives respect your husbands. Well, let me me explain what I believe this means. Well, I've seen the way some wives treat their husbands and that, you know, you can be, I've been in the car with them or, you know, just in a, a group with them. And I've heard wives belittling their husbands, publicly correcting them, just making them feel small. And I think to myself, you are not helping yourself and you are not helping him because you're not changing anything. What you are doing is you are actually, uh, you are reinforcing a negative identity wives have been given to help their husbands and I believe the help that we're to give is to help them remember who they are and if we treat them as people who are just uh, loved by God who are awesome who truly are made in the image of God if we focus on what we love what we love will grow you water what you want to grow And if you focus on all the faults, what you're going to see grow is all the faults. But if you focus on what you love, that's what you see grow. So if you appreciate, I mean, if you start thinking to yourself, well, I don't like this, and 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 I don't like this. When you talk to them, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to run into your judgment and they're going to be defensive. And there's no peace, there's no beauty, there's no joy. Tom and I actually, we enjoy finding ways to be kind to each other. It gives me pleasure, it gives him pleasure. It gives him absolute delight to be kind and generous to me. And it gives me delight to find ways to bring him joy. 
And I actually feel the pleasure of God when I, when I do something kind for my husband. I feel it more intensely than almost anything else. The pleasure of God because marriage is a picture of Christ and his bride. Hallelujah. Love is patient, love is kind, it's long-suffering. It, keeps, it believes the best. And so as husbands and wives, we need to be respecting each other, loving each other, looking for the best, complimenting and encouraging what we like and overlooking what we don't like so that we would focus on what we want to grow, that we'd water what we want to grow. Hallelujah. Wives have the opportunity and the the incredible privilege of reinforcing identity. So we need to speak to what is true about them. We need, to, we need to help them, hallelujah, remember what they look like because when we remember what we look like, we become doers of the word, hallelujah. So it's so important, I believe. You, you, are, you are part of each other and if one part's attacking the other, it's a body that's sick and unhealthy and all you get is defense. You don't get correction. But when you come into sync and you come into sync with God and you start reinforcing what you love about God and what you love about them, it just becomes more and more beautiful. Hallelujah. It's a picture of Christ and his bride. You know, when I come to God, I used to believe in my early years, I used to believe that he was there wanting to sort me out, fix fix me. But that's not who he is. I'd come to him and I'd be like, come on, tell me I can handle it. And he'd say, I love you. Yeah, yeah, I know, come on, but seriously. And unrelentingly, consistently, never once has he been unkind to me. Never once has God been harsh with me. That is who he is. He is love. Love is patient, love is kind. God is patient. God is is kind. God is love. When he looks at you, he reminds you of the truth. Hallelujah. If you're doing something wrong, you will be, your heart and your conscience will be going, ah, this is grating because it's not in sync. And he will speak words of love and truth and identity until you repent and go, ah, that's not who I am. Thank you, God. I repent. Thank you, God, for truth. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Hallelujah. At the end of the night, just as, as Tom and I need to be in sync, you know, you need to be in sync with God. You need to not try to go to sleep with a guilty conscience. Sort it out. If you've got something that's bugging you, talk to the Lord and say, God, it's bugging me. I've got this on my conscience. I'm sorry I did that. Thank you, Father, for forgiveness. And let your emotions come into sync with his emotions before you go to sleep and you'll sleep peacefully. Because you can do it, but unless you actually believe it, you don't actually receive it. God wants you to receive his peace deep into your heart. And he wants it all just to settle in peace and joy. Hallelujah. So Tom and I can say sorry to each other after, after an argument. But I tell you what, when I get a cuddle, oh, I know everything's okay. And it's the same with God. Yeah, he wants us to... to to talk to him about things, to deal with whatever might be on our mind or our conscience or our anxious thoughts. He doesn't want us to be anxious about everything, but to talk to him about everything. And then he wants us to come in and let him love us and release the peace that he wants to give us to remind us that we are 
reconciled to him. Hallelujah. That we are walking and we can sit easily with him without fear, without shame. Hallelujah. We need to remember these truths. God doesn't separate us, separate from us when we sin, but he's waiting for us to receive the peace he wants to give when we begin to talk to him and reconcile the accounts. Amen. So Psalm 100 that I referred to before, uh, verse 2 I'll start at. How do we sit easily with God to live in a place of reconciliation? You see, if we're going to be ministers of reconciliation and we haven't lived and practiced a life of, of practicing walking in, in peace with him, practicing this, this consistent reconciling with God, then when we go to minister to somebody else, they're going to run into the judgment that we have about ourselves. And no matter how nice you try to be, no matter what scripture you use, if you are not at peace with God yourself, then you can't become an ambassador of peace. God wants you to live in supernatural peace by practicing communication, intimate relationship with him. Hallelujah. Living and taking care of the garden of your heart so that when you minister to anybody else, they are feeling the peace that's on your life more than they're even hearing your words. Hallelujah. Psalm 100 verse 2 says this, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. This is a wonderful uh, help for every one of us when it comes to spending time with God. He says, come with gladness and with singing. So you can come and you can begin to sing and bless him and thank him. Know and remember that he is the Lord. He is God. It's he who's made us, not we ourselves, but we're, we're his people. He's our shepherd and he takes good care of us. Hallelujah. And then it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. You know, every day when I wake up, what I like to practice is just taking five minutes before I get out of bed to be thankful, just to give thanks. Because I enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. What happens when I start to give thanks is my heart opens up into a deeper level of love for the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I remember how good he is. When I start talking about Tom and all the good things he does and how lovely he is, my heart just goes, oh, I love him so much. I get a new wave of love for him. But it's so much the same with the Lord. When we start thinking about him, when we give thanks for him, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for your kindness to me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my church. Thank you, whatever it is, just begin to give thanks. You could take five minutes in the morning just to thank him. It will shift your day. It will shift your thinking. You'll, you'll get up not stressed and anxious, but you'll get up with a heart full of love for the Father. Hallelujah. Enter his gates. But then it's the same thing. I, like when I get up in the morning, I don't have my, my bigger quiet time straight away because if I do, I fall back asleep again. But I do this thanking the Lord. Hallelujah. I talk to the Lord just as I'm waking up. And, 
and give him thanks and be deliberate about that. Then I'll get up, have my breakfast, go and have a cup of tea, do what needs to be done, seeing the kids off, whatever. And then I close the door and then I have my time with the Lord where I begin to give thanks, where I read the word, where I talk with him and I pray and I worship. Uh, but but I, I believe that every time we come to him, if we come with thanksgiving, everything just begins in a happy place. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. He wants us to come with thanksgiving in our hearts. He wants us to reconcile our fears and our anxieties, our troubles. He wants us to come together in intimacy. Hallelujah. Where we're not just doing the business where it's like, yeah, okay, I've, I've said my sorry, blah, 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 where you should just accept it, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. In a marriage, there's, there's intimacy. And in the same way, with Christ and his bride, God wants us to be taking hold of all that he's offering us, to receive the mercy that he has for us every day, to live reconciled to him, live in a place of peace, live in a place of communion, of face-to-face fellowship with him. And then he also wants us then to come and receive the affection, receive the love that he wants to lavish on us. He has, he has gifts for you. And it is revelation of his face. It's revelation of his heart towards you. And he wants you to see it, to be surprised by it, to be encountering his kindness in a way that is just unfair and, as we sang, doesn't make sense. But when you take time to let him love you and to receive the love that he wants to give you, in that place, in his presence, in that place of peace, in his light, we see light. Hallelujah. Then we can see clearly. I can see clearly now. (laughs) In that place of peace, we can see, we can hear. Hallelujah. But if I go in, I've got to hear, talk to me, God. I need a message. Talk to me. Talk to me. He'll be like, let's come back. And I instead need to just take an hour just to let him cheek to cheek love me. And then suddenly, oh. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. It begins to flow because he is more interested in our hearts. He's more interested in us being at peace than he is in what you do. Hallelujah. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are added to him. Hallelujah. And I've learned it. I know it. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to take us into deeper levels of joy with him. Hallelujah. I tell you, Tom and I are in the loveliest place of our lives because God has been, you know, over the years teaching us what love looks like. And now we, our our marriage looks like, how can we make each other happy? We look for ways to do kind things for one another. It, It brings us joy. And You know, when you begin to understand that that's what the Lord wants his relationship with you to be like, then everything we do is out of a place of an overflow of love that's just back and forth. Hallelujah. So my prayer for you is that you would come to him and let him expose any lies that you're believing about what he's like so that you can receive this kind father 
this kind God who wants to love you in ways beyond your wildest expectations, who wants to satisfy your soul with so much peace, so much joy, that it passes understanding, that it's peace that passes understanding and causes the world to say, I want what you have, that you might then be a minister of reconciliation. If you run into someone in the street who's trying to present the gospel and they themselves are out of sorts with God, it can be an unpleasant experience. But if you are reconciling yourself with God, letting him love you, finding and receiving the peace that he has for you, you then go and you become a minister of peace and you get to tell the world about this one who loves you, who's better than any husband, any wife, better than anyone who you've ever dreamed of. This one who loves you more than life wants to have a relationship with you that will satisfy your soul like nobody else could ever satisfy. Hallelujah. God hasn't given us the ministry of justice. He hasn't given us the ministry of sorting people out. Though he is a God of justice, he is a God of mercy, we are primarily called ministers of reconciliation. Because when we come in line with him, then we can execute judgment, and not judgment, we can execute justice, hallelujah, from a place of love and authority, knowing who we are, knowing that we are loved. We can speak words of governmental authority. We can speak justice into our nations, into our land, hallelujah. But it will come out of a place of peace, out of a place of rest, out of a place of love, hallelujah. So, Father, I just pray for each one of our married couples here. Firstly, Father, I ask that you would bless their marriages, Father. Lord, that you would bless marriage in this nation, Lord God. That that you would cause the love between a man and a wife, Lord, that here in our own home church, God, I'm asking for your blessing and for everyone watching. Lord, that you would bless their marriages, that you would help them uh, understand and know and discover you who is love, that they might become love to one another, that they might seek out ways to love each other, to bless one another. And Lord, I'm asking that out of this picture, healthy families will grow, that children will know and understand their identity, that they will know and understand what the father is like because of the interactions they have with their own earthly fathers. God, I'm asking that they would understand what God is like through the interactions that they have with their earthly mothers. Father, I'm asking that you would bless the marriages in our church, in the body of Christ. Bless them indeed. Let it become a magnificent picture. And Father, we thank you for your grace. Lord, I speak grace, grace over each and every marriage and family here. Lord, I lift up the singles in the house. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that they would discover the joy of being reconciled to you every night before they go to sleep, that they would lie down and sleep in peace, that they would get up with thanksgiving in their hearts, and that they would be filled to overflowing with joy and satisfaction. Lord, for those who are, are grieving, Lord, I ask that you would reveal yourself as the comforter, Papa, in such wonderful ways that people would say, with the comfort that you've received, I want to know, I want to know it. I want to experience it. Lord, that they might be able to become uh, comfort to those who need it. Lord, I thank you for your grace, Lord. Grace, grace over this magnificent body of Christ. Lord, we speak your blessing in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, if you're here today and you know in your heart you haven't got this relationship with God, 
God is so wanting to have a real relationship with you. To be born again is not something that you just emotion that you go through. It's a heart choice where you say, I want to be reconciled to God. I want to come into relationship with him. I want to have peace with God. I want to be born again because what happens when we're born again is we come into relationship with the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He became sin so that we could become righteousness, so that we could have relationship. We could be joined as one with the Trinity, hallelujah, with God in his family, unashamed, unafraid, and made new creations in Christ, clean, holy, without fear, without guilt. And it happens by us coming and saying, Lord, I need your mercy. I need salvation. I want to receive the gift of righteousness that you've given by laying down your life, dying and and, uh, being raised to life again. I believe that you are the son of God. And the Bible says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That is, if you believe that he truly did take your sin and you engage with him in, in that glorious divine exchange where you say, God, here's my old life and I receive your new life. The Bible says you will be saved. You will be transformed. You will be in Christ and anyone who's in Christ becomes a new creation. Hallelujah. It's happened so by your choice, your free will. God created the Garden of Eden, and in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. He could have made it so that they had no choice to sin, but they had a choice whether they would follow God or not, because they were created with free will. True love is free. If there's no free will, then it's it's not true love. So if you would like to, to exercise your free will today and say, I want to be reconciled to God. I want to respond to his mercy and I want to be saved. I want you just to wave your hand at me because I'd love to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anyone here today that says, yes, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to be reconciled to God. Let me see your hand if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. We're going to pray for some people right now. Oh, hello. Praise the Lord. You want to give your life to Jesus? Come on, come on. Come here. Let me pray for you. That's awesome. What's your name, darling? Philippa. You know, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And that's what you're doing right now. And I'm so celebrating with God at your choice for him because he loves you so much. Would you pray this after me? Mm-hmm. Father God. Father God. I believe. I believe. You sent your son Jesus. You sent your son Jesus. To be punished in my place. To be punished in my place. I receive your mercy, Lord. I receive your mercy. Come into my life. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. Make me new on the inside. I give you my life. I give you my life. And I receive your spirit. And I receive your spirit. I declare. Declare. You are my God. You are my God. And I am your child. And I am your child. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Father, I just thank you for Philippa. 
Thank you, Lord, for her soft heart towards you. Thank you, Lord, that she's reconciled to you. Father, I declare her forgiven. I declare her clean by the blood of the Lamb. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you receive her with joy. And Lord, right now, I'm asking that she would know and experience your love that passes knowledge. Lord, that you'd fill her up to overflowing with all your fullness. Lord, that she would know and experience your deep love, your your kindness as she lies down and as she gets up. That you'd protect her, that you'd protect this seed that you've placed in her heart. That it would grow and, Lord, be, uh, I'd bless her in Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. That's beautiful.